0: Welcome to another podcast by InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC sports, your home for Tar Heel football, basketball, and recruiting.
1: You're listening to the Inside Carolina podcast. My name is John Siegley, talking today with Don Callahan, going to go over some UNC football recruiting. Don, starting with the ODU game over the weekend, we talked last week about how this was an opportunity for the UNC staff to get up there to the Tidewater area, visit some kids in that region. What did you hear from that trip? Well, the coaches actually sent out seven of its
0: coaches, of their coaches to high school games. I think it was five total high school games. They sent out seven coaches to five high school games in the Tidewater area. Obviously, the guy who received the most interest was Jalen Alexander. He's the lone 2018 recruit in that area that UNC has offered. And it's not a surprise that uh, UNC sent DeAndre Smith and Deke Adams to his, his game on Friday night. Deek obviously is UNC's defensive line coach, and DeAndre Smith recruits that area. So you want to have the two most, I guess, influential coaches on your staff that are allowed to go to a game, those those would be the two that you'd send to, to Jalen Alexander. I mean there's a couple of other big time games in the area also that the coaches went to. But like I said, you know, they end up making their presence felt at, you know, five games on, on Friday night.
1: And then Jalen, he's a three star recruit, right? He
0: is. He is. He's a three star uh, guy. He's a guy that UNC actually offered I want to say just before the season. It was towards the end of the summer. You know, he had visited North Carolina, I believe it was last season, and and really kind of thought that he had his
1: recruitment kind of wrapped up. Where was he leaning towards?
0: Well, it it depends on who you you ask. He didn't have a a public leader. You know, Uh um, a lot of people thought that Maryland was, I guess, the team to beat. But, you know, I think some of that had to do with the fact that he just wasn't ready. He wanted to commit. He actually had a commitment date set up. Not only did he have a commitment date set up, he had... A, an actual announcement set up with a radio station, a local radio station. And he canceled that just, uh, I think it was scheduled for sometime in early August and he canceled that. And then he basically went quiet for a while, you know, but I, um, shortly after UNC offered, I went up to his practice, watched his practice, spent some time with him and his coach. And, um, just to kind of feel, you know, get a feel for where North Carolina is at with him you know, he he definitely plans on taking an official visit to, to UNC. I, I think I get the sense that things are really up in the air for him and yeah. official visits are going to play a major role in his decision. And and really, to be honest, it wouldn't surprise me if he took a couple official visits and, and, and then just kind of just ended his recruitment and committed to whatever school, just kind of really just grabbed his attention. And for UNC, they're hoping that that ends up being them.
1: So right now for Jalen, what it sounds like is he had maybe some favorites. Carolina came in with the late offer, and so right now, is it safe to say that Carolina would be, I guess, in his top maybe four or five at this point? Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. When, okay. um, yeah, w- w- when I went by his school, he he was still kind of like, I guess, ironing things out, so to speak. Uh, But he told me that uh, Maryland, Georgia Tech, UNC, NC State, and Virginia Tech, to a lesser extent, were kind of in the picture for him. And I think Virginia Tech, I got the feeling, I, I just asked him about Virginia Tech just because I knew that he grew up a Virginia Tech fan. There were some rumors early on that Virginia Tech might be the school that he was leaning towards but I got the feeling that either he has backed off of Virginia Tech or Virginia Tech backed off of him. Whatever be the case, it seems like right, well, at at the time that I visited with him, which was less than a month ago, Maryland, Georgia Tech, and NC State were UNC's biggest competition.
1: I'm looking here at his scout profile listed at 6'4", 275, watching his highlight videos. I don't know if he's quite all of that 6-4 height, but you know, watching the highlights, he looks like a decently athletic kid, maybe not with the high-end elite closing speed, but you know, looks like a pretty decent just 3-star defensive tackle that Carolina could get on campus and see how he develops.
0: Yeah, and I think that's that's UNC's plan. I mean, I think the thing with him is He's a big kid and he and moves well for that size. I agree, even though he's listed six four. I stood next to him for a good solid ten fifteen minutes, and um, he's you know probably at best six three, maybe even a little bit under that. But uh, he moves well. You know he's a he's the best player on on his team. So a lot is kind of on on his shoulders. I think he even plays a little bit of offensive line for his team. Obviously, that's not going to be his future. No, I mean, I think he has the tools to be a solid, solid interior defensive lineman at,
1: in the ACC. And talking about, I guess, wide receivers, and it seems to be, I think, just a trend of these six-three, six-four guys that maybe would have played tight end in the past getting out wide, playing wide receiver. But someone that's not in that mold that Carolina's already got committed is Jordan Adams. And you yes. posted the video of Jordan earlier on in the week. He's listed at six foot, a little bit south of one hundred and eighty pounds, but his athletic ability is just amazing. You went to a game, right? Isn't that where you got the the footage from?
0: Yes, yes. It actually, for I've been doing this for I think it's almost fifteen years, and it's the first time I actually only had to walk to the high school game I was going to because of. Where my neighborhood is located is adjacent to Holly Springs High School and he was playing at Holly Springs. So it was it was a easy night for me to kind of walk over there. I actually even brought my brought my daughter with me to uh to watch the game also. It was good to kind of just walk over there and 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 watch Jordan play. But let me let me just ask you, I mean, you watched the video, I mean, what were some of the things that kind of stood out to you?
1: Well, first off, I mean, I mentioned the athleticism and the kid's just insane, especially when he gets the ball into open space. But watching that, you kind of caught him actually blocking um, mm-hmm. out there. And <laughs> during one point in the video, he just executes a crackback block that lifted the defender uh, literally off his feet. Um, mm-hmm. My heart kind of went out to, to that kid at that point. And, you know, I think that's going to be something that Jordan is really going to have to do when he gets to the next level. Because while he does have the athleticism on his side, he's just not the biggest guy. Six foot, under 180. I'd imagine Carolina would like to get him probably what you figure in like the 185, 190 range maybe Mm -hmm. uh, once he gets to to campus.
0: Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. But I think to be completely honest, Jordan is so good that I don't think it's going to matter. I mean, he is just, and I've been saying this since, not this past freak show, the freak show before before he was had this breakout and had all you know, all these offers started flooding in for him. And I think at the time he only had offers from East Carolina, where his father, Deke Adams, who's UNC's defensive line coach now. But at the time he was at East Carolina, they they had offered, and South Carolina, where Deke was at before he went to East Carolina. Those were the only two schools that had offered him. And of course UNC offered him shortly after he performed at that freak show again this is not this past freak show the freak show before and since then i've always felt like this kid just everything just comes so easy when you watch him play it's just like it's like things are going so slow to him and 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 you just get a, a you know i mean and it's really easy to kind of pick up when you're watching him. you know even when you're looking over i was looking over the film from from this most recent freak show and there was this one pass where the quarterback and I'm watching the, the trajectory of the of the pass, and I'm thinking, okay, well this clip is a dud because this ball is is overthrown, and Jordan just somehow was able to just glide underneath the ball, stick his arms up, and, and make the catch. And I know you you mentioned he's six feet, but he you know he plays a lot taller. I mean, people can actually when you watch any film of him. It's actually you would probably guess that he's probably six two, six, three um that's,
1: just that's honestly what, what I thought watching the film, I thought he was six two yes, because he plays he
0: plays so much taller than that because of the fact that he he has such a great sense of of space has and he has you know long arms and he's just he like i mean I know I'm kind of beating a dead horse here, but things just. Are just come so easy for him, and he just kind of just has such a feel for it. I mean, he's he's the type of kid that, regardless of how much he weighs or whatever it is, that I fully expect to play as a true freshman. And I, and I don't say that very often because typically that's not the case. And, I, and I'm not talking just playing. I, I'm saying a kid that will make some sort of impact for UNC as as a true freshman.
1: Yeah, I mean, we saw that Bo Corrales got into the game against ODU. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't necessarily know if that was planned. That may have just been because Carolina needed a warm body at wide receiver. So would you think that maybe Jordan Adams possibly, you know, would have a little bit of a bigger impact as a freshman than that? Like, you know, not pressed into service basically in the third game due to just everyone being injured?
0: Well, you know, yeah, I, I think, I think Jordan is, is his talent, and is at the level that, I mean, he's going to make it hard to keep him off the field. You know, whereas Corrales is a kid who, you know, you're playing ODU, who obviously is, you know, it's, it's somewhat relatively new program, I'm a solid program though, but it's still a you know, a conference USA program and I think the coaches probably had the idea of okay, we can kind of rest some guys because if you I don't know if you remember in the, in early in that game, um I think it was Nick Polino was it Nick Polino who um they didn't expect to play and then Cl uh, Rogers went down with an injury.
1: Yeah and then Polino was, had to be thrown out there. Yeah, he was supposed to be on an emergency basis and yes. the emergency happened. Yes, exactly. So I'm
0: I'm sure they went into that game thinking, okay, if this goes the way that we hope, which is, you know, we get out to a big lead, then we're going to rest some of our guys that we need for the long haul and then get some of these younger guys, some of the, some of the backups, some of the freshmen in, in Corrales's case, you know, obviously a freshman into the game. And, and that's what happened with him. And I think he had a catch too. Didn't he have
1: like a seven yard catch? I think so. Yeah, I can pull up the, the box score here while we're talking, but I, I recall him making at least one grab.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think I remember him. I'll be honest. Once the game kind of got out of hand, and I know, I know that he didn't. I don't. I remember seeing him towards the end, but once the game kind of got out of hand, I started kind of, you know, channel surfing a little bit to see what other games were out there and, and and who was doing what and and that sort of thing.
1: One of the questions I wanted to ask you, Don, this, with the O line. I mean, we touched on it just a second ago. Nick Polino, you know, being there on an emergency basis and having to play because the emergency situation came up. I'm looking at some of the guys that are on the recruiting board. Uh, Mm -hmm. We've got William Barnes, Jordan Davis, both of the two four-star guys. I haven't heard too much about them lately. Do you have anything new about either of those guys and their recruitment?
0: Well, I mean, William still intends on taking an official visit to UNC. And I fully expect him to take that official visit to UNC. But to be completely honest, I have felt like from really early on that Florida was where he was going to end up. Um, There was a little bit there during the freak show where um, there were some, I guess, whispers that maybe UNC could kind of steal him. But those were quickly squashed after he returned to Florida for their their Friday Night Lights camp.
1: So Florida's the team to beat and probably always has been, unfortunately for him. Yeah. Yeah. It's so close.
0: He's been there so many times, you know, his, his teammate Ed Montillas, who UNC also has offered is probably going to end up there, but you know, going to the other four-star guy, Jordan Davis, you know, he's a guy who there's a lot of pro UNC going around Mallard Creek high school, which is where, where Jordan Davis
1: goes. Mallow Creek, I mean, Carolina's put in tons of work down there at that high school, right?
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. but I mean, it's definitely you know whenever I go to a school for the most part, you can kind of feel okay, what you know is this a is this an n c state sort of school or is this a is this a north carolina sort of school and 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 there's some that you kind of just is just neutral, you know what I mean, but uh, there's definitely a lot of pro u n c influences around mallow Creek, which is obviously good for u n c because mallow Creek is once again having a great season this year and their probably their well, their best recruit this season, Jordan Davis, is as a guy that is on UNC's board. The one thing with him though is that before before this season, he had never played offensive line. He had only played defensive tackle and now the Mallow Creek coaches flipped him to offensive line. He's he has actually started there. Um last year he played defensive tackle but he was kind of in a rotation. I'm not even sure if he actually started a game at defensive tackle, to be honest with you, but I know he he played a lot at defensive tackle last year. So he's still kind of warming up to the idea of playing offensive line. So I think if, you know, any school that, that um, wants to recruit him as an offensive lineman, such as North Carolina, they're going to have to kind of handle it pretty carefully, not to push it too much to kind of explain to him, Hey, this is, this is your future. This is this is way better. This is gonna be a better situation for you than defensive tackle because I think if you put, but if you push too hard with that, then you ha, then you risk kind of pushing him away. And North Carolina is definitely in a good spot with him right now.
1: Would you say Carolina is in the top three with him right now?
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. And and I, you know, there are some people that are around Mallow Creek who have told me. That they feel like North Carolina is the team to beat. Now Jordan plays the whole, you know, I'm wide open and open to every school, and I also like Florida State, yada, yada, all that sort of stuff. But people who are close to him have told me that they feel like th- that North Carolina is uh, is definitely a team team to beat. But I mean, it, it, it's it's going to be a long way. I think his his recruitment is going to take take a long time. Just the same thing with with William William Barnes. Um, you know, he wants to go to signing day. I don't know if Jordan will go all the way to signing day, but you know, th- there is, there is some time that, you know, where you have to kind of get him kind of used to the idea of playing offensive line.
1: Well, and I think it's telling too that Carolina, according to the inside Carolina recruiting board that we have Gunter Brewer as mm-hmm. his lead recruiter. I mean, I know that Gunter has kind of taken over the Charlotte area. That's mm-hmm. seems to be his specialty, but I've just noticed a trend that when Carolina has a higher end prospect, someone that they really want at a position of need, which offensive line right now is definitely in position of need. We tend to stick Gunter on them. Is that, you know, am I off in that, or have you noticed that as well? Well, I just think, like you mentioned, I mean, um, Coach Brewer recruits,
0: you know, the Queen City area, you know, it's not just Charlotte, it's, it's also Gaston County, Cleveland County, and he even dips down into those counties right in South Carolina, just below Mecklenburg County. And I mean, he does a great job of, of establishing relationships with kids early on. And, all, and then also establishing relationships with the high school coaches and anybody who's really kind of close to the programs. I mean, everybody who's around Mallow Creek seems to know who Gunnar Brewer is, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, he's the lead recruiter here with, with, uh, Jordan Davis, but coach cap is also involved and he just kind of sort of got involved recently. And, and that's just because UNC up, you know, up until, you know, I guess a couple months ago, UNC was recruiting him as a defense tackle like everybody else. Mm -hmm. But, um, it it just kind of made sense when UNC realized, Hey, this kid is a, is a offensive lineman. We need offensive tackles. It just seemed kind of like a, a match made in heaven, so to speak. Do you think he has the foot speed for offensive tackle? I think so. I mean, he's, you know, he he's a massive guy. I mean, every time, you know, when I when I go over to Mellow Creek and I'm and I'm like, all right, where's Jordan? And and you know, the one the coach is like, it, just go into that room and find the biggest kid. You know, I mean, he's he's huge, but even though he's 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 just massive, he moves. He moves so well for that size. I mean, it's it's actually incredible. And I think from the film that I've seen so far, and I broke down the film of him. You know, we talked about uh, Jordan Adams' film. I did the same thing for Jordan Davis's film for their season opener against Scotland County, which they ended up winning. I broke down that, and and I've watched a couple of highlights from um, games since, and and I feel like he has all the tools. It's just a matter of. Developing the technique, which is going to come. I mean, the tools are a lot harder to to acquire. Technique is you just need a good coach.
1: Don, that's probably then about it. Did you have any other recruiting nuggets that you wanted to drop for the listeners at this point? No,
0: not at this point. I mean, uh, you know, obviously throughout the week leading up to the the big game against you know Duke on Saturday, we'll have plenty of stories coming out. Plenty of stories still from from that big weekend when North Carolina played Louisville. UNC had a lot of big time recruits um, on campus that Saturday, and I'm still, you know, running stories from then. We'll have we'll have some updates on, on what's going what's going on, what what recruits are expected for Saturday, also in the days to come.
1: Actually, I did one since you brought that up. We did run the story. On an official visitor coming in for Duke, let the people know about that one.
0: Well, Michael Salhuden is yeah you know, he's he's a running back who's committed to Southern Cal, and he has made multiple visits to UNC, including one just before this the summer dead period, about a month after he actually committed to USC. And uh, I mean he's a guy that that the coaches have been in contact with. You know, I, I think personally. I think it would be better for North Carolina to host him later on. Why is that? But, uh, just because of the fact that you're rolling the dice a little bit as far as when do you host a kid? Do you want to host a kid early on, or do you want to, you know, and, and then potentially kind of just get it locked in with him? Or do you want to host a kid on an official visit towards the end and get that last at bat? And I think with him, considering he's a kid who's been committed to a school already, I think it would be better to get the last at bat or one of the last at bats, not the first one. Mm-hmm. But, you know, maybe UNC can can kind of make a strong impression on him. I don't believe he's ever been to a game at Carolina. And, you know, maybe Carolina plays well and the crowd is into it and he enjoys it, but I mean, he's obviously a big-time recruit, not only just because of his ranking, but also because running back is a position that has really eluded UNC for the past two classes to be honest. And in this class in particular, they don't have any running backs committed. And if UNC can get a kid like that committed, I mean that that would that would make things feel a whole lot better.
1: I'd imagine it's going to be tough trying to pry a kid away from USC.
0: The one thing with that is is that the distance, and I know his mom wants him much closer. And even though he says uh, his mom will will respect whatever he wants to do but there are other schools that are in, in the picture. I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't end up at USC just because of its location. But, I mean, it could be, maybe it's UNC. it ends up being UNC. You know,
1: who knows? It's just really tough to say right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, would you say that there is a chance, though, that Carolina might be able to flip him? I mean, I don't want you to speculate too much, but, you know, is this a case of Carolina just kind of kicking tires, or do you think that the interest is mutual here?
0: I think there's mutual interest. I really do, but I mean, I think it's it's going to be a it's going to be a bite a battle. It's going to be a battle for sure.
1: And to end on this, Don, I did check the box score. Bo Corrales did indeed have one catch, and it was for seven yards. So, okay. good job, man.
0: Well, thank you, thank you. I guess I have a very well. I'm not going to
1: say I have a good memory because I don't. <laughs> It's all right. With all these names that that you keep, I would barely be able to remember what I had for breakfast if I had to keep track of so many recruits, man. Oh, I appreciate that. (laughs) All right. Well, we'll go ahead and wrap this one up. Did have a message from Buck as well, Don. He said he is sorry he couldn't make this one. He did, though, want to send his best regards to you.
0: There's just no substitute for Buck not being on the podcast. You know what I mean? So my heart aches. That's all I can say.
1: That's it, man. All right. Well, from everyone here at Inside Carolina, thank you guys for listening. For more information and to especially watch the video breakdowns that Dawn provides on recruits, head over to InsideCarolina.com, check out the Tar Pit Premium Message Board, subscribe to those, and enjoy this and other recruiting information. Thanks again.
0: Thanks for listening to InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC sports your home for Tar Heel football, basketball and recruiting.